0: Megan Woods is with us for Politics Wednesday, along with Mark Mitchell. Morning, you two.
1: Morning. Good hey, morning, Mike. Morning, now, ver- Megan.
0: Very clear line for you, Mark. You're in uh, you're in Portugal at the moment, just to make that clear to everybody. Start with you. You're the expert in the field here as a former policeman, and I'm sure you're up on all of this. Apotiki is in part locked down. The parks are closed. The buses don't run. The schools aren't open for the whole week because some guy got shot. Is there something wrong with that?
1: Oh, absolutely, there is. It's outrageous. We're not a third-world country. Um the police should have rolled in there immediately with, a, with the um, resources necessary to get on top of the issue, get our kids back to school, not allow the gangs to take over the streets and intimidate um, you know the town. But um, unfortunately, over the last four or five years, you've seen a very soft, permissive approach taken to the gangs, and they've got stronger and they've got bolder. And they think they can operate with impunity, and, and now we're suffering for it because of it.
0: So, post October 14, should you win the halls of power, you can assure us, and I'm assuming you'll be Minister of Police, as Minister of Police, yep. there will be no town shut down because of gang intimidation. I, I was, so I, I hate telling the stories,
1: you know, when, when, when back in my day, but back in my day, 20, 20 years ago, when I was a police dog handler in Gisborne. And we used to get called over to a potoki occasionally when the gangs were causing problems. When we drove into town in our police dog vans, they scuttled off back to the holes that they crawled out of. And the reason why they did that is because they knew that we wouldn't mess around, um, and, and that we were there to sort the problem out. And we need to return to that. We need to have police out there using their hard policing skills in a professional way, and letting the public know that they can, our police control the towns and not the gangs.
0: Do you, in any way, shape or form, Megan, defend what's going on on the potoki
2: Oh look! I think for anyone living in a no one's denying um, that it's not a good situation. That's exactly why results has been put into there. We've got a hundred extra police that have been sent into into the area that, um, that made it really clear that unlawful behaviour won't be tolerated. So I don't think anyone's defending this or saying it's okay. I think the deployment of 100 additional police to that centre shows how seriously this has been
0: taken. But isn't that the problem? You've got 100 extra police in there. Are the schools open? No. Why aren't the schools open? Why aren't the buses running? Why aren't the parks open?
2: Look, I mean, people have made an assessment around how that they don't feel safe, that, that's not OK. I think no-one is defending that. But the job of the, the police and the, and the role of the government in this is to make sure the police have the resources, is to make sure that actually that we are putting the resource in there so that unlawful behaviour will not be tolerated and no-one's suggesting that it will be. But, look, I feel for everyone that is living in Key and is feeling like that. I know that the local member of parliament, Kitty Allen, is getting regular updates on how that's going, and everyone is taking this seriously. But this isn't a time for politics. This is a time for making sure that people are safe.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Megan. You don't get away with that. It's you guys have created such a permissive environment over the last five years. We warned you five years ago with the five hundred ones that the gang numbers were growing, and they are starting to think that they control but- the streets and you need Mark, to clamp down it, on them, it, and you ignored it. You, you mocked you mocked our, um, uh, the, the fact that we wanted to put a dedicated Mark, gang target. I'm going to pull
2: up you together. up there. And, and now, and you now, you're, living with, the now the you're living with the
1: consequences.
2: You warned us about the, the 501s. I think everyone listening knows that the 501s were not a choice. Returning 501s were not a choice that no, the Labour government but made. The return of the 501s but, came from the Australian government, and it started when John T. As Prime Minister, so let's just That's actually right. get
1: some See, facts no in no, no one's disputing that, Megan. The fact of the matter is you're the government and you didn't respond to it. And what happened was there was organic growth then inside our gangs in New Zealand. They became more sophisticated, they're better resourced, they're more violent, and you guys failed to respond. And now we're in a situation where we've got gang members controlling one of our towns as if we're a third world country. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Let
2: uh, me, let you me ask you this, that.
0: Megan, really simply. Should the buses be running? Should the schools be open? Should the parks be open?
2: Look, I'm not going to sit here from the car park and hobby that I've had at the moment on the phone to you and say what people in all should be doing. I'm not there. I don't know how people are feeling. People on the ground, people who are like the local, have made that decision. But I think anyone in New Zealand listening to this, should we have a situation where buses aren't running, where schools are shut down, of course you are going to say no, and that is exactly why that more police have been deployed to the area, and it's been made really clear that unlawful behaviour will not
0: be tolerated. Mark, just quickly to finish off this police <laughs> conversation, the 1,800 police, yep. 270 can't make arrests. Have we been conned?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and I think that Chris Carhill the um, president of the Police Association, summed it up best when he said that um, so you've had four police ministers. Uh, they've politicised it, and what they've done is they've created the impression with the public that there's been 1,800 new frontline police officers put out there. There hasn't. Um, 270 of those are authorised officers. They got no power of arrest. They can't go out on the beat. They can't respond to the public's hand up for um, for help. Um, they do back office jobs, important back office jobs. Don't let, let me be clear about that. But they are not frontline police officers. And we've had three police ministers now standing in the house, week after week, being questioned, saying that these are front-line, beat police officers. They're not.
0: On the beat, Megan, front-line. Being in a desk isn't front-line or on the beat, is it?
2: So I think there's a couple of things I want to take people back to. First of all, this was in the cabinet paper in terms oh, of authorised sorry. officers. So this isn't something that is, um, people have managed to split. But the other thing is, I find it a bit rich from Mark saying that this is um, misleading, that actually it was a 2008 Amendment to the Policing Act that actually established authorised officers. And since then, the, the, the authorised officers have been included the in the ones. numbers of the constabulary. So all the numbers that were well, used in terms of police numbers the whole time they were in government, included authorised officers. Yeah, but do That's forgive us, Megan. We're not disputing that. we made here. There's, so I think there's there's no it's a dispute. bit there's
1: rich. No, there's no in dispute around um, authorised officers. Many, how many authorised officers, officers have an important role to
0: play?
2: But how many were there when you were in government, Mark? No, 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 don't go down that track. Me,
0: don't go down the six years ago track. But excuse, I didn't no. read a cabinet paper, so do excuse us. And I, I suspect the half million people listening to this program <laughs> didn't read it either. What I've heard from Ginny, Poto, Stewart, et cetera, is on the beat front line. That's right. That, that was the sale, and we don't have it, do we?
2: That's right. so, so, so what the, we're talking about in terms of these authorised officers, these are, these are part of the high-tech crime group. This is a really important skill set that's needed. It's not experience that we generally find in our regular constabulary. They are important skills. We all know that a whole lot of organised crime and high-tech crime is where we actually need to combat a lot of things that are going wrong. And we need those people with those specialist skills And I don't think Megan, that you that should, anyone you should, should ever, ever say that we don't need those specialist skills. Yeah. That's not correct.
1: Megan. All right, wrap it up, what, Mark. What you should have done, what, Megan, what you, right. what your four um, police ministers in the last 12 months should have done is they should have said that, but they haven't. They've said that they're frontline beat um, police officers that have got the powers of arrest, that can go out there and deal with the ram raids and the calls from members of the public when they need help. All and right. these authorised. And officers
2: 1,800. There are eighteen hundred extra police. Far better than your government ever did. Okay,
0: by. let's let's change subject. Kainga Aura, do you defend Megan ten thousand complaints, three evictions?
2: So I mean, I obviously look at these complaint numbers really carefully as they come in. So the ten thousand, um, know, last year it's about. It's, it's just under 9,000, of the number of complaints. Um, 85% of those are low-level. There's for things like, um example, if they stereo up too loud or the grass isn't mowed. Um, they're not the things that concern me. The more serious complaints are, within that you also have multiple complaints. But one of the things I talk to the team about is actually how we're going to fix that. Fixer, where or is the government's landlord, before um, you evict them, they still end up as someone's neighbour. They just have a different landlord. So we have to make sure that actually we're putting in place um, things that um, are effective. So, three evictions, that's only one tool that we have in the toolbox. Moving moving people out of their addresses um, and putting them into places that are more suitable, that's what we've found to be more effective. Okay. There's been over 200 that have occurred. Well. There's been over 200 of those that have occurred, and the that that I monitor most closely, Mike, is um, how effective, what happens when those So, So what are you're, you're saying,
0: in summation, is you're doing a good job, people are happy, and this is a system that works?
2: <laughs> oh, of course, there's problems. Yeah, exactly. all always problems with neighbours, whoever the landlord is. Uh-huh. Well, there the we there are problems, we have to make sure that we've got the tools. To fix it. I mean, people having problems with their neighbours isn't something that's new. It's some of the things that we've been hearing about. Yeah, but not all of us, Megan. Let me just play a couple of things.
0: Let let me just play. This was a lawyer we had on the programme yesterday. Listen to her.
2: She's wrong, and she needs to step up. She needs to go out and visit these people at night in these Kiangora houses and find out for herself what it's actually like, or is she too afraid to do that? Have you done that? Uh, Mike, um, next time you're in Christchurch, go for a drive and see where my electorate office is. My electorate office is right in the middle of the Kaungwua suburb. I am frequently there at night. So, um, any suggestion that I have no do idea you get what it's like on the do you, ground.
1: Do, do, do you get complaints about We
2: get complaints from people who are paying or we get people from and own their own homes, any neighbourhood. But what do you do about complaints. it though? I do what a good local MP does, Mark, and I deal with it effectively. But what I'm well, saying is that any, any suggestion that I don't understand what it's like to people who live in high is simply incorrect. So to be fair to Megan Mark, what,
0: what do you do? So it's all very well to criticise from the side. When you've got them, when you are the landlord of last resort and you've got 90 complaints against you and you haven't been evicted, would you evict them and where would you put them?
1: Well, you would do because, uh, number one, there's a, social of, um, there's a social contract here. It's taxpayers' money. Kaunga or have shown that they, they, they haven't got the will to actually address and deal with the behaviour, right? There's got to be sanctions. There's got to be uh, – they, they, Mike, they can evict people, and they've done it three times, okay? So what if you're not evicting people, what's going to drive a change in behaviour? There's got to be – in this country, we've completely moved away from consequences. And when you move away from that, then you start to see – the social fabric of our society starts to pull apart, and that's exactly what we're seeing as a country. So we've got to actually be strong enough to stand up and say, I'm sorry, there is a social contract. You don't get to come in here. You don't get to wreck a house the taxpayers paid for. You don't get to terrorise your neighbours.
0: You don't get a licence to behave any way that you want. There's going to be some consequences around it, and if you behave like that, then you're out. All right, good back and forth. Appreciate it. Catch up next week. Megan Woods, Mark Mitchell, for another Wednesday morning.